0: Welcome to the Selfish Badass Podcast, the show that teaches female leaders how to stop settling, embrace their wholeness, and define success on her terms. Through interviews, live coaching, and short hits of encouragement and inspiration from yours truly, this show will help you learn how to be unapologetically who you are and live a life that not only feels good to you, but that is truly driven by purpose. If you're a female leader who's determined to live a life that lights her soul on fire, then this show is for you. I'm certified professional life coach Krista Resnick, and I am thrilled for you to join me on this journey. Let's get started. Welcome to today's epic episode. I have such a huge treat for you. We are going to be unpacking the topic of friendships. And this is one of the questions that I actually get asked most about. How do I know when I need to let a friendship go? How do I create healthy friendships? And I'm telling you, you're in for a treat today because I've got a friendship coach and researcher that we are unpacking the entire, everything you need to know from soup to nuts around (laughs) creating healthy female friendships. So get excited about that. But friends, before we step into that epic interview, I want to share with you something that you are going to be beyond excited about. Doors to the school of badassery have officially opened. Oh, Get excited. Okay. So some of you are like, what's happening? What is this? So the school of badassery was really created out of my own personal heart's desire to create a container for women where they could come in and they could learn some really cool, awesome, hot topics. Things like boundaries, self-love, self-compassion, Uh, the four big energy blocks, you know, the things that steal your energy, the things that prevent you from showing up and being a woman, being a female leader who is purpose driven. So we are going to have an opportunity to create that container. And once a month, we are going to have a hot personal growth and development topic. I already mentioned a few. So that will take place in Facebook. So you don't have to actually be there live. You can watch the replay if the time is not available to you. The other opportunity you're going to have is you're going to have the opportunity to get coached by me. So not only are you learning about a hot personal growth and development topic and creating this gorgeous self-discovery and self-awareness once a month, you also have an opportunity to come into this gorgeous safe container and get any of your questions asked and receive coaching by me. So I cannot even tell you how excited I am to be able to bring this opportunity to you. But friends, you want to be an action taker. You want to move on this because doors for the school of badassery right now, are it's such a low investment. And the price increases by this Sunday, September 13th. So right now, $47 a month to be in the school of badassery. If you pay for a year in full, it's less than $500. My friends, that's less than $2 a day to receive support, accountability and help and get your questions answered. Like I said, after September 13th, price goes up to 97 a month. So be a person that takes action. Do not let this opportunity pass you by. So I will leave the link to the school in the show notes. You're going to love the the page that that link takes you to because it is so clearly laid out how the school is going to operate, what you're going to receive, why you want to be a part of the school. So, look for that in the show notes and read all about it. I, I'm just, I'm so excited. I'm so excited to bring this opportunity to you so that you can really be a woman, a female leader who lives a life of purpose and who lives a life that really lights her soul on fire. So, that's my exciting news for you. And get ready, like I said, because I have got epic, epic episode that I'm about to drop down and bring to you. You're going to learn all about how to create healthy friendships in your life. Why healthy friendships matter, right? Why do they even matter? We're going to talk about mindsets around some of the things that keep you blocked from creating those healthy friendships and all other sorts of of goodies along the way. So lean into this amazing conversation with my friend, Noelle Rhodes. She is a friendship researcher and coach, and I just cannot wait to hear what you think. Please go ahead. If you are are enjoying this podcast, please leave a review. Share it out with other people who need some encouragement and inspiration because it's important. It's important now more than ever that female leaders rise up and lean and live into their purpose. So, with no further ado, let's dive into my epic interview with Noelle Rhodes. Well, welcome, everybody. I am so, so, so excited to have my guest on today. Her name is Noelle Rhodes, and Noelle is a female friendship researcher and speaker who hosts Friending, which is a no-nonsense, all-practical and sometimes hilarious podcast show that helps women grow healthy female friendships in these modern times. And Noelle, I just have to tell you, first and foremost, welcome. Welcome to the pod.
1: Thank you. I'm excited to be here. This I'm is gonna excited be fun. to
0: have you. And you know, one of the reasons why I'm excited to have you, uh, well, first and foremost, because you're an extraordinary human, oh. but second of all, this is like one of the number one questions I asked by people is how to have healthy friendships, or how do you know that it's time to let maybe a not so healthy friendship go? So I am super excited to dive into this conversation today.
1: Me too. Let's do awesome. it.
0: Awesome. Okay. So somebody doesn't just decide one day that they want to wake up and be a female friendship, friendship researcher, right?
1: No, <laughs> like, they don't. There's I never. behind that. I never did. Um, yes, there is a story. So, the story was I found myself friendless in my mid 30s. And what had happened was my husband and I had lived in a different country for many years with our, with our kids. And we left all of our friends in the States and started new friendships in our new little home in Northern Ireland. We had great friends. And then we decided to come back to the States. And I thought I would just come home to all my friends. They would just be waiting there with like banners, welcome home Noel and have the barbecues and the margaritas waiting for me. And it wasn't like people weren't happy that we were coming home, but it wasn't like we could just slide back into their life. Some people had literally moved to different states. Some people just kind of moved on. And I found myself going, well, who can I go to the movies with? Like I didn't even have those people. I was living in a new town Uh, I had to put my kids in a new school and I was starting some new stuff as far as career wise. And I just was like, whoa, I have no friends. And I remember specifically, I was supposed to meet with a friend for coffee, an old friend. And I was excited because somehow it like worked out that we could connect. And literally a half hour before I was supposed to leave to meet her at the coffee shop, she texted me and she said that something came up and she couldn't meet. And it just broke my lonely heart because <laughs> I was like, I have no friends. And I met, you know, you know those moments where you just like, this is something you've been carrying and this one little thing, this one little text message just like breaks you. It was the tipping I remember- point. It was the tipping point, And I just started to cry uncontrollably. I remember getting in my bed under my duvet cover and just sobbing. And my husband walked in and was like, what happened? Who died? Like, what's going on? And I just said, I have no friends. And he was like, well, I'm your friend. And I said, that doesn't count. That's not what I'm talking about. I don't have anybody that I could just go to the movies with, get a drink with, go for a walk with. I have none of those people. And I remember him kind of like slowly backing out of the bedroom and kind of letting me have my moment. And I just said, I got to do something about this. So I picked up my phone and I started Googling, how do you make friends in your mid thirties? And that kind of started this whole research. And funny enough, um, I started to study, I started to learn all about the science and, you know, just uh, the statistics of how we're actually one of the loneliest Generations to ever exist, and there's lots of reasons why. Why it's particularly difficult for women because we go through so many seasons in our life. We go through a lot more life changes than men. Just gonna say that we do. Mm-hmm. And so, when you go through a life change, you sometimes go through a community change. Yeah, and. This is why we find ourselves in seasons of loneliness. And then also we are modern women who are busy and have lots of responsibility and we have opportunity and ambitions. And that idea of a village, of a a, a group of friends is actually a little bit harder now to cultivate and maintain. So we deal with a lot of things that make it difficult to make friends, maintain friends, and ultimately deepen those friendships. And so I started to research and then another dear friend of mine uh, was asking me about the things I was finding and she said you need to have a podcast show. And so that's how Friending was born and I've been just people just found out this is what I talk about and they've been inviting me to speak at their universities and their churches and their conferences and workshops and I love it because I want women to know that they're not the only lonely woman looking for a friend. That's the yes. truth.
0: Yes, absolutely, and I could relate to your story. I, I had this picture of myself. Oh gosh, what was it? Uh, 18 years ago, I moved back to my hometown, Noel, oh, the yeah. the town where I was born and raised. So naturally, one would assume that everybody would be rolling out the red carpets and the banners. Of course, yeah, of course. right? Of course. Like,
1: right? Home. Yeah.
0: And it was like all these women were getting together for coffee and cocktails and I never got that call. And I remember Mm -hmm. thinking, what's wrong with me? Like what... And it dawned on me that there was nothing wrong with me, but that everybody is just so wrapped up in their own tribes and their own communities and their own stuff that they're never thinking necessarily about the new kid on the block that would just yeah. love to have that connection and that invitation.
1: Totally. Yeah. That's I the totally story. totally
0: resonated with that story. <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh. Okay. So literally, like a lot of times in marketing and messaging, they'll tell us coaches, what are your clients up Googling at night? So you literally were that person up Googling.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I literally make friends. How do I make friends in my mid 30s? Yeah. Because it is different. Like, think about it. Kindergarten, you're becoming friends with little Susie who sits next to you, who also likes to eat glue during nap time. You know what I mean? <laughs> and you're seeing this person every single day. And in college, you usually become friends with your college roommates or people in the same classes. Once you move out of that sort of season where you're seeing the same people every day, it's difficult when you make a transition to a different community, unless it's your work friends. But it's hard. It's, it's, it's a, there's, there's even more life changes that happen in your adult your adult life than your adolescent life in that sense, in in terms of community.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of, um, you know, yeah, I'm just thinking about even like the people I was friends with in college that, you know, they didn't ride it out with me into much past having my first baby.
1: Yes. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I could tell you that that's, that's the case for a lot of people. It's just, The nature of life. And I think sometimes we have to remember that not every friend is forever. Some friends are for a season, and we honor that. Again, you know, a lot of us grew up on watching the TV show Friends, Sex in the City, uh, Saved by the Bell, Dawson's Creek. And these, because it's a TV show, right, they can only focus on so many characters. But for us, we think that this is what friendship should look like as an adult. And it's kind of a friendship fantasy that doesn't really exist. And so we, when we don't have four best friends that we're brunching with every Saturday wearing, you know, Jimmy Choo heels and eating bagels and not gaining any weight, we think, well, something's wrong with me because I don't have what Carrie Bradshaw had in Sex and the City. No, you just live in real life yeah. and things will change and you'll have some friends for a little bit. And then you'll move into a different community. And then you may have those one, two, three friends you do have for a lifetime. Mm-hmm. But you may not live with them. You may not see them every day. So it's interesting. We have to kind of let go of that sex in the city friendship fantasy. if We're going to ever find contentment in our female friendships.
0: Absolutely. And I feel like I have 101 questions coming up <laughs> to ask you because I just find this topic fascinating. But let's start kind of... Let's start at the ground level and talk a little bit about why are female friendships so important?
1: Why do they matter? Uh, well, I believe that we are designed to be socially connected and that's how we live our best life. I don't think a whole lot of good things happen in isolation. And I know that um, several years ago, there was a an, um, study done on two-day-old infants, Okay. And when they did some brain imaging on those two-day-old infants, they saw that they were already exercising the part of their brain that was the social cognition part of the brain. They were already trying to figure out what their place was socially in the world. So that tells me that from the very beginning, being connected to people is important to our growth, our development, our happiness. And our health and there's science too that proves that like we're healthier when we're connected to other people when you're alone my what i see is that loneliness is the worst poison for the mind but when we're with other people and rubbing up against their perspective and getting their help and laughing and having fun that's when our best self really shines so it's there's so many good reasons it's like saying like you know why should we exercise well there's lots of reasons why you should exercise and that's the same thing with being connected to other people. You need it in order for you to not only achieve the things that you want to achieve, but to, to find contentment and to even understand who you are in this world.
0: Yeah. Yeah. To to figure out where your place is and to understand kind of um, where you not not fit in terms of fit in. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is... In terms of, of course, I, I filter everything through self-leadership and personal development. And right. so um, those friends that that push you, those friends that challenge you to be mm-hmm. your best self, those friends that call you out yeah. on your BS when you're just wanting to sit in victim mode, I mean, it's really, yeah. really important to have those people that that come alongside you and say, no, not today. Yeah. <laughs> we're not going to sit and be apathetic and helpless today. we're going to we're going to take some action here.
1: absolutely. you need those people and and if you don't have them, you're stuck with your own thoughts and we tend to be very self-critical naturally. so it's important to have other people to speak the truth to us as well.
0: yes. one if you even think back to like caveman days, it was all about community. i mean, that was yeah. survival like community was survival. Absolutely. And I think I love this conversation, like I said, for so many reasons. But one of the things that's really occurred to me, probably Noelle, within the past four to six months, is that as a woman myself who works, most of my private clients are very, you know, perfectionists, people pleasers, um, people who are just high achieving women. I think what happens is we're so driven to reach those tangible goals, that promotion, that raise, that PhD, that book launch, um, that next level, right? Right. The the gorgeous vacation at, you know, the Bahamas, blah, 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 or the Gucci handbag or whatever it is that we table connection and relationship. Because yeah. it's not something tangible that we can sort of do a little five-star chart, right? Like we can our goals.
1: Well, one of the things I, I teach is that a mindset that I believe is ruining friendships, female friendships, is the mindset of I'm too busy. Mm. And I remember sitting across from a friend having coffee with her. when We were living in Northern Ireland and i i was very busy i i was in a season of my life where i was um i was working full time and um just crushing my goals or you know whatever you want to say and we were supposed to just catch up and have something and my phone kept on um just pinging with text messages and i remember her saying to me you know i kept on saying oh i'm sorry i'm sorry and i would turn my phone up you know upside down so I couldn't see it. And and she could tell that I was preoccupied. And she finally just said to me, sometimes I just feel like everything else is more important than our friendship. And not that I want our friendship to be the most important thing, but I want it to be important. And I think that when we say I'm too busy or we're living too busy, that It does ruin friendship because if you're not spending quality time with your friends, you're not able to make that connection. And the thing is, time is the currency of trust. And at the end of the day, when you need somebody that you can trust, if you haven't been connecting with them, if you have been kind of putting them off, keep on canceling on them, it's tough to feel like it's okay to call them up and say, "Uh, my husband and I are getting divorced. Or I just got fired from my job, or my kid's going through this really hard thing. But if you're putting in the time, you're going to build that trust and vice versa. But so many of us are so busy that we're not making it a priority to get together with our friends, and our relationships are are getting diluted by that. They're weakening. And so I think it's really important that women actually make it a priority. Yeah. See a part of their self-care and their health and a part of achieving their goals. If you can do that, you I mean, if you can see it like that, like it's exercise. We do exercise because it's good for us, not because we have time for it. Do you know you hear what I'm saying? Oh, we totally. make the time to exercise. Why can't we make the time to get together with this person that we call our friend once a month?
0: I again I think it really goes back to cultural conditioning. Society. Yeah. Uh all yes. of those things. We're just taught for these to to strive and to hustle and to grind for these tangible things. And and the relationship piece just gets pushed to the table. And we just keep telling ourselves that bullshit story that I'll do it next week. Yeah. I'll call her tomorrow. Let's reschedule for next Friday. Until next Friday becomes completely removed from the calendar and it never happens.
1: There is a great quote from the book The Lonely American and it talks about this and they say in the in, in this book they say we don't realize that we are in the cult of busy in America. We're actually stuck in the cult of busy. And you know, you could be busy, 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 and then you achieve everything and you go, I've got nobody to celebrate with. I got nobody to even share my grief with, you know, because we've been so busy and at the end of the day, you know, yes, life is busy and yes, we have to commit to what our dreams are. We want to make things happen, but people, people are important for you and, and you are important to people. So I think that's a huge mind, you know, mindset shift that needs to happen. Yes, I'm busy, but I'm making time for my friends because this is a value to me. Mm,
0: What's interesting, something that's really striking me right now is I'm working with a particular private client and she's a high achieving, you know, successful woman, very driven woman. And as we're working to help her slow down and be more present in her life, what she's been able to realize in that space of reflection Mm. and awareness and solitude is that one of the things she loves is fun and laughter and margaritas on the back patio Mm -hmm. with her girlfriends yeah that's like part of who she is and she's been cutting a piece of that off and then wondering why She's showing up in life, you know, not able to figure out why does something just feel off? Yeah. Why does it not feel right? Because you're actually like it'd be like cutting your arm off and trying to walk around and not being able to function with a missing arm. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. what's the matter? What's wrong? Well, it's part of who you are. Like the connection, the relationship, the laughter, the margaritas, the the iced tea, whatever floats your fancy. It's part of I think who all of us are really. I mean, I don't know that yeah. anybody was created for isolation. No,
1: and you know, you. I love what you just said because it just reminded me that we can find so much innovation and problem solving in our community, in our in our friendship circle, and you know, we want to achieve, we want to make things happen, right? But when we're with our girlfriends, our friends, it actually saves us time because their perspective may shine light in something that we've never even thought of, and voila, we have a solution that we've been looking for and couldn't figure it out ourselves. But a friend says, well, have you ever thought about this? Or I'm trying that or, oh my gosh, I see you could do that. And it could, it could change your life in such a positive way. And it it could cut down the time it would have taken if you did it on your own.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yes. So What I'm hearing you say, number one, in the three mindsets that are ruining our friendships is it's really alleviating that limiting BS of the story we're telling ourselves, which is I'm too busy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The second thing I would say is um, there's a mindset that some of us really struggle with and there's lots of reasons why, but it's the mindset of I am a burden or a bother to my friends. And so what happens is we don't ask for help. And this is really important because I really believe that vulnerability is what actually bonds us. So being able to say, "Um, you know, I'm going to need a a ride to the airport at 5 a.m. Would you mind giving me that ride to the airport? That actually creates a bond with you and that friend. But a lot of us go, I could never, I mean, there's probably people listening right now that would go, I would never ask for a ride. I would just pay for the Uber, you know, but we don't realize that when we're giving our friends the opportunities to help us, we're actually building a bond. You help me. I help you. We're in this together, right? But so many of us won't do that because we don't want to be a bother. We don't want to be a burden. We don't want to give anybody a reason to abandon us because we're too much. Oh, that's deep. So we almost by, by, by not wanting to be a bother and not wanting to be a burden, we actually are creating distance in the relationship. But when we say, oh, I need help. Oh, could you, could you possibly help me with this? Could you, I'm going through a hard time. Can I give you a ring and can we talk? You're actually bringing that friendship closer. You're bringing that bond closer. And so you know, And there's lots of reasons. I mean, we could sit here for like hours talking about why women don't want to be a bother, but we kind of know why. We don't want to be too much. We don't want people to reject us. But when you flip it, it's actually the opposite happens. And vulnerability begets vulnerability. I, I believe the great Brene Brown said that. That's not yep. original to me, but it's true. If you're vulnerable, chances are your friend's going to be vulnerable too. And I'll, I just want to share a quick story. I remember... When I was living in Northern Ireland, um, they found a lump on my breast. I was in my late 20s. It was scary. I was a young mom and I was having all the feelings. And I was in a country that I didn't really understand how their medical system worked. And I didn't really have a whole lot of friends because I think it was kind of like the early days. And I knew this one woman named Heather. She was going to the same church as me and she you know, had heard and she said, would you like me to go to the clinic with you for your biopsy? And... My initial reaction was like, no, thank you. I'll just do this on my own. You know, I don't want to be a bother. I don't want to be burdened. It could be hours. But for some reason, I don't know what possessed me to say, okay. But I said, yeah, sure. You, you know, you can come with me because I don't really understand everything as far as how the system works. And she came with me, and we sat for hours waiting for me to have the biopsy done. And then I, we waited hours for the results. But that single moment, brought Heather and I so close. It was like, it was such a bond because she was there for me. And honestly, she couldn't be there for me unless I let her in. Yes. And took to the st- I took a risk. I mean, it was scary. I mean, it was very personal. It was very, it felt very uh, vulnerable and all that stuff. But doing that, I mean, Heather is one of my dearest friends I would, I would give her a kidney, you know, but it was that thing that strengthened the bond. So I think it's really important if you want to have those close friends, and this is what women say to me, I don't know if they say this to you, they're like, I just want to have a close friend. I want to have a deep friendship. There is no deep friendship unless you're vulnerable, unless you're willing to be helped by your friend.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's so interesting to me that this is something I'm coaching around a lot with women leaders lately is this word risk. Like Mm. in order to change and grow, you have got to step out and take risks. And there's so many reasons, like you said, this would be a whole nother pod as to why we don't want to take risks, right? Right. Shame and guilt and all of those things. But sometimes you just have to risk and see where their cards fall and you pick yourself back up and you say, well, you know what? I learned a few things. And
1: then you try it again. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Okay. So number two is I am a burden or a bother. Share with us number three.
1: I have to be everyone's best friend is the mindset that is definitely ruining friendships. This is something I've struggled with where I felt like I needed to be friends with every single person that I met. Now, not everybody struggles with this, but I think there is this thing where we feel like every friendship should be at the same level. And that's just not a reality. Um, I think it was Truman Capote that said, you can't have too many friends because then you're not really friends with anyone. And it's true. We have to kind of decide who is going to be in the inner circle. Like think about it as, you know, rings or, or circles, right? Who Who am I going to be close to? And then there's just different levels. And when we're trying to be close to everybody, well, then nobody really gets very much from us and again it's diluting those friendships. I think especially nowadays some of us struggle with um understanding the difference of being kind to people and being connected to people. You can be kind to anybody, okay? And you should be con- you should be kind to everybody, but you don't have to be connected to everybody. And yes. I think I think we need to be okay with that. It's okay to not, feel you don't have to feel bad that you're not best friends with so-and-so. And even when that's flipped, it's okay that not everybody is best friends with you. So it's really important that we understand that we're not meant to be friends with every single person. There's only 24 hours in the day and there's only so much life you can live. Pick the people that you want to be close to, that you want to invest in, and you're going to see such fruit come from your friendships. But if you're trying to maintain 30 people in your life on a regular basis, it's just not going to happen. And everybody's going to be disappointed with you. And you're going to feel like nobody really knows you and nobody really is your friend.
0: Yeah. My husband and I always say, we talk about this a lot, actually, depth, not with.
1: Yeah, exactly. I love that depth, not with.
0: Yeah. True. Yeah. True. I mean, that's a lot of work and energy to have to maintain. <laughs> It is with uh, truly. I mean, I can be friendly to everyone, but I cannot be "quote unquote" friends with everyone because that's a lot of energy, and not everybody gets to to have my energy. And uh, you know, I I just I'm not available for that. It really comes down to boundaries, you know. Yes, I can't be available to everybody.
1: Yeah, and and that's healthy. I think that we feel like we're being bad people when we're not, well, you know, we feel like we're being bad by like, you know, having different circles and different levels of friendship, but it's not, you're not being a bad person. You're, just, you're actually being a good friend because you can't commit, you can't commit that kind of level of friendship to every single person that you know, mm-hmm. even every single friend that you have, you can't have that level with every single one of them. Yeah. And that's a reality that I think is not really taught or said out loud, but it's very freeing when you realize it like, oh yeah, I, I I'm not going to be best friends with everybody I know or all my friends. We're not going to be that deep. Some of them will just be work friends. Some of them will just be the movie friends. Some will be the exercise friends. Some of them will know all my deep, dark secrets, you know, but not everybody is going to have that place in your life and that's okay. And that actually is healthy.
0: Yes. Yes. And that is something, Noelle, I love that you brought that up because I will tell you that really actually was a challenge for me. The past couple of years, and I've really had kind of an awakening. Um, so now I feel really great about this area of my life, but as a coach and somebody who absolutely like eats personal development up for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I mean, oh, my good. whole life is about self-leadership <laughs> and I, I mean, I just love it. It's like, I can't get enough of it. Right. So I have those friends, right. That we talk about, I call it the big PD. All right. day long, you know, we're voxing and we're, we're talking on this platform and that platform and all things, personal development. Right. And so then I had this other group of really amazing friends, but they're just not into personal development. Like that's really? just not how they roll. And I had this, I was so hung up on, is this healthy for me? Like,
1: mm-hmm. should
0: I be investing my time in people that just aren't really challenging me or aren't Pushing me, or you know, they they just kind of are a little complacent or things right, of that right. nature. And I had to step back and go, okay, what's really going on here? And really the main question was: when I walk away from these women after I've gone out for cocktails or whatever, how do I feel? Hmm. I feel light, I feel free. I feel like my cheeks are on fire because I'm laughing so hard. I can yes. stand it. Right. So I finally was able to make peace with, no, they're not into personal development and not everybody's going to be, nor should they be. These women bring a levity mm. and a, and a, Oh my gosh. Just kind of a, like, we just laugh about the dumbest things. Like there was one night where two of us were laughing so hard. We looked at each other after about five minutes and we're like, what are we laughing about? <laughs> like, we didn't even know anymore what we were <laughs> laughing about. Like, and that, oh, belly laughter Yeah. That in and of itself connects us. I mean, the last time you've had a good belly laugh, I want you to think about how you felt afterwards with that person and you feel connected.
1: Connected. Totally. Yes. So not everybody needs to be this deep rich. No. Like, "Oh, we need to go on
0: and on and we need to be like pull out the Eckhart Tolle books and <laughs> Yeah, no. You know, pull out all of our Buddha quotes and things of that nature." No.
1: No. And I I think it's so valuable to still value the friendships that may not be pushing you but I mean, I can think of friends I go to the movies with, you know, and they're just my movie friends because they like the same kind of movie as me, you know, and it's, it's so great that we get to go watch the movie and then we talk about it. And then when the Oscars come, everyone's like chatting about it. These are not the people that I'm talking about, you know, social development. These are not the people I'm talking about spiritual things with, but the, my movie friends are vital to me thriving as a whole person.
0: Yes. So it's.
1: It's not that one is better than the other. It's just they're different places and that's okay.
0: Absolutely. And I tell you what, it took me a long time to be okay with it. You know, mm-hmm. even now, I really am at the place where I know who I can share my dreams with and who I kind of gotta go, and eh, no. Yeah. Some people listening might be like, well, why would you want to be friends with somebody that was a dream crusher? Well, it's not that they're necessarily a dream crusher, but these are prop this might be a friend that maybe has never taken a lot of risk in her life, who's living in a lot of fear, who is just holding back for whatever reason. We're not gonna go down that rabbit hole, could be a million reasons, right? Yeah. Adds a certain levity to my life, or she was part of my past, and I still really enjoy the conversations we have, or mm. there's just some sort of connection there for us. It doesn't even really matter. Like, there's no yeah. connection, of course, but she might not be the person that I open up to about my dreams, and that's okay. Right. I've learned to make peace with that.
1: Yeah, totally okay. And it's totally normal.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so. Moving into, you know, one of the top questions that I get asked, because I know the listeners are going to want to know this, is how do you know, what are the signs to look for when you know, uh, I think this could be a friendship possibly that is toxic or that possibly I need to let go?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question because... I think sometimes we don't recognize the signs and there's a lot of reasons for that. But one is typically if, if you're involved in a toxic friendship, you probably have been friends with them for a while. That's usually how it goes. If you don't, especially as an adult, it's you're unless you have some pathological thing going on where you're attracted to toxic people all the time. You don't make friends with toxic people, but you may kind of keep toxic friends for a while because you have a history with them. And one of the things I would say to people, they'll say, oh, I don't know. I think maybe I need to let this friendship go. And I'll ask, well, why? And they'll say, well, because she always makes me feel blank. And that blank is important. So sometimes some women will say, well, she always makes me feel small. Or everything is always about her. And I would say, if you feel like you're in competition with your friend, they're not your friend, they're your competition. Y- your friendship should be companionship, okay? It shouldn't be where you are you feel like you're fighting to have a valid point, or you shouldn't feel like you have to prove yourself all the time. Now, there's times when there's conflict in friendship. That's actually good, because conflict is an opportunity, again, to become closer, But if it's constantly like she's always trying to make you feel less than her time to let it go.
0: That would be a sign. And that's a really good point that I actually had to step into a crucial challenging conversation um, recently where, you know, a friend saw something from a completely different perspective than I saw it. And, I didn't necessarily apologize for how she perceived it because I literally perceived it with my red sunglasses on. Yeah, She perceived this situation with her blue sunglasses. Yeah. At the end of the day, I get to wear my red sunglasses if I want to, and she gets to wear her blue sunglasses. So there wasn't necessarily an apology around what happened. It was more of a conversation. It was a powerful, wonderful conversation around you know, I'm sorry that hurt you. Um, I still see it from this perspective and I didn't mean any ill harm. And I hope that you can understand kind of how I saw it. And we did. I mean, yeah. we just approached it as grown-ass women. Yeah. <laughs> Each owned our piece and then we were able to easily move on and the friendship has maintained beautifully because I owned my piece, she owned her piece and life just went on.
1: Yeah. And and I, I love when that happens. It's very difficult to confront in conflict. I understand that. And it does take a little bit of moxie to go there if you feel like it's ooh, things are tense. But I encourage you, if you care about the friendship, have the conversation and there's going to be fruit there. If it's meant to be, if you're meant to be friends and if both of you are mutually committed to it, it's only going to bear fruit if you're willing to go there.
0: Yeah. And I think that's the difference is deciding that, you know, is this a friendship that is, is worth salvaging? And this particular friendship was.
1: Yeah. So it was
0: being willing to enter into that crucial conversation.
1: I think another sign is if you are always trying to please this friend, because if you don't, she's going to punish you in some way, whether it's with the silent treatment, whether it's with a little comment, um, I mean, there's lots of examples I can think of, but let's say you have a friend who always has to decide where you're going to have your cocktails, for instance. She always has to be in control of that. And if you don't say yes, and you decide, you say, well, let's try this place. Well, when you go to that place, she's going to kind of have a bad attitude. She's going to be really critical. She's going to make it a miserable experience. Okay, That's a toxic friendship where if this person isn't able to be in full control of you then she's not happy. And if you have to please her, otherwise you're going to be punished by her, it's time to let it go. It, you know, And again, usually these are people that we've been friends with a long time. So we've gotten used to it. But I will say, if you continue to ingest a toxic friendship, you are going to poison your life.
0: Yes. Yes. And I can see where a lot of these people come from our past And we feel sort of this obligation or we feel Mm -hmm. these handcuffs around our ankles like, well, this has been my childhood friend since I was five or our parents are best friends or, you know, whatever the case might be, there is that attachment to the past that is holding you down from severing the friendship.
1: Yeah. And and that's something you're going to have to grieve. That's the big part, I think, of toxic friendships I don't want any woman to think, well, you know, just wash your hands of her and walk away and, you know, good riddance. It's not that way at all. You're going to have to grieve that. You're going to have to grieve the good and the bad, but you, you can't stay in it. You just can't stay in it, but it's okay that it hurts to leave that that's normal to feel that way. You shouldn't feel, I mean, you may feel, but if you don't feel like, wow, I did something really empowering for me. And you actually feel kind of sad that you lost somebody that you've known for a long time that's okay, but the friendship isn't healthy anymore, and you 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 need to walk away,
0: yeah, yeah, you know, I always go back to the quote uh, and I believe it was Jim Rohn, who's like the godfather, one of the god founding godfathers of personal development, and it says, "You are the average." of the five people you hang around. yes, And I love that quote. And that quote is true, right? But here's the problem with that quote. And I talk about that quote a lot with, with clients and students. The problem with that quote, the piece that we forget is that if you just toss out your five friends and you just find five more, well, if you haven't done the internal work on you, you know, why are you attracting these quote unquote unhealthy friendships?
1: Exactly. That's very good. Yeah, totally. Right.
0: So it yeah. really becomes like rather than ask the question maybe of you know, when do I know that I need to let my friendships go? Maybe there's some internal awareness that needs to happen first before we start going down that avenue of letting people go.
1: Yeah, I think it's almost impossible to know what you need unless you have done some of that self that self work. That's, you know, it's really difficult to kind of not, I mean, unless it's very abusive, but I think you have to kind of understand where you are and what you need and what needs to be worked on in you before you can say, okay, well, this person and I are just, our friendship is not fruitful. And so I need to walk away. In fact, one of the signs I was going to say is if you feel like you're constantly betraying yourself to make this person feel comfortable, that's, that's, that's a red flag. Yeah. And it may not necessarily be that this person is toxic. It just may mean that for whatever reason right now, it's not going to work. Let me give you an example I'm talking about. Let's say you're trying to get sober, you know, and this person um, likes to drink and, um, Likes to party and doesn't is not really journeying with you on your on your sober journey. It doesn't mean this person's bad. It doesn't necessarily mean they're they're toxic as a human being. But for right now, this friendship is not is toxic to your goals and to your values and to who you're trying to become. Yes. So if you're, if you're constantly betraying that so they feel comfortable and you go and have a drink with this person, and then you feel all that guilt and shame for you're breaking your sobriety just to maintain their friendship, that's a toxic friendship. Not a toxic person, but it's toxic to who you want to become.
0: Yes, I love that you made that differentiation. That is beautiful because I do think we have stepped into the realm of slapping a label on somebody when we don't like what they say or we don't like their behavior or they've offended us. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) In today's world, and we just slap that label of toxicity on their back and we shoo them out the door. Yeah. And I think we can do that too quickly. And I love what you just said about kind of putting that gap in between. Like, hey, it's not a toxic person; it just might be toxic to you and who you're working to become.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not, and I just want to make it clear: it's not that you have a different perspective from this person, so therefore you can't be friends. I think we need to be friends with people who have diverse perspectives from us. Mm -hmm. But if you're working on something specifically in your life, And this person's values or lifestyle is going to cause you to betray that work that you're doing in yourself. It's not for the friend. It's not friendship for now. Yes. And it may, may never be, but it also may be later. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, You have to sometimes, and that comes back to Noel, I think boundaries and just asking yourself those questions around, what am I tolerating? What am I allowing? What am I available for right now at this season of my life?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And there was a
0: season where, you know, when I was raising my kids, I just could not devote a night out to women that wanted to gossip that wanted Mm -hmm. to husband bash. I, I just could not be available to that. I had such a limited bandwidth in getting out of the house to begin with when I was stuck, (laughs) not stuck, but you know, home with three, three small kids, um, that I just had to become very protective of who got that time because I wanted that time to be fruitful and I wanted to come home feeling full and I was coming home feeling empty to the point where my husband would say, well, I can tell you spent time with so-and-so tonight. Mm. It was rubbing off on me to a certain degree. So sometimes it's just a matter of, I just can't be available to that right now at this season in my life.
1: Yeah. And I think there's nothing wrong. I mean, when we talk about toxic friendship, it just sounds so like, oh, you know,
0: it does scary. mm
1: -hmm. And, but I want to just also, you know, if you have a friend that you just, when you spend time with this person doesn't really feel good afterwards. Maybe they've trash talked everybody in town. Maybe they made you feel less than, or they've, they put you down in some way. Instead of just cutting them out of your life, I would encourage you to dial down that intimacy. So don't spend as much time with them. Don't share as much time share as much of yourself with them. You don't have to cut them out completely. You can start with just dialing back and see what happens Love and, see, that. and see if you feel better.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like the person that decides they're <laughs> they're going to lose weight, yeah. and they wake up on Wednesday morning and they have like completely cleaned out every carb and every piece of chocolate and sugar and you name it. And by Friday morning, they're ready to stab their eyeballs out of their head yeah. And, yeah. and fewer them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like sometimes we can do these extreme, like all or nothing, black or white, these polarizing things that don't always serve us. In our best interest.
1: And I definitely can sometimes. And so yeah. It could
0: be a little gray, like, hey, I'm just not going to like maybe hang out with this person every Thursday night.
1: Yeah. Or, you know, like I, I remember at one point I, I was making, I was becoming friends with somebody and I just realized mm, there was just some things there that I felt were red flags. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to maybe not respond to every single text message right there. And then maybe I'd give it a little more time or maybe we don't do that. Girls get, you know, get uh, getaway weekend together and kind of making those choices. So again, it's like, we're not having that super close relationship, but when I see them, I say, hello, I'm friendly. You know, we can, we can laugh at the, you know, at the, you know, margaritas on the patio because a mutual friend invited us over, but we don't have to be as close as what we were kind of heading towards. Does that make any sense?
0: Yes. It kind of goes back to that. um, I think it was point number two that you made about just having to, no, it was point number three that you made talking about the mindsets. I have to be everybody's best friend.
1: Exactly. It's just not true. It's not true. And you can change, you know, it's funny. I was just watching a funny uh, TV show called um, Middle Stitch and uh, Shorts on Netflix. It's a funny improv show, but they are making a joke about best men in a, in a wedding and how there's like, you know, maybe seven of them and, and ranking them like by their level of friendship. And it's okay to kind of be like, okay, you and I are just not as close. Even though we might've been close a year ago, right now we're not as close and that's okay you can hon- you can still honor what was good without having to, you know, completely uh, you know, dishonor everything else. Is that making any sense? You really because can do that.
0: It's really about stepping into acceptance and asking yourself, what is the story that I'm telling myself? Yeah. around why I'm not close with this person anymore, why I feel I quote unquote, should be close with this person. Like what's the internal work that I get to step into around why I'm feeling kind of weird about this friendship. Is there, is there a story that I'm attached to that I can just let go of?
1: Exactly. Exactly. And, and I think the, the moral of the story is friendship is not organic. It's intentional. And even in making friends, it's intentional. But beyond that, you are gonna need to to look inside and see, well, what about me is impacting these friendships in a negative or positive way? And if you can do that and 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 do the best that you can, you will be able to identify what isn't working and what is. Yeah. And then just work from there. I mean, I think I think this is why personal development and what you do is so important because If you don't, if you're not working on yourself, it's, it's almost like you don't really know what you need. If you, if you're not like doing that inventory in yourself, you don't really know what you need and it takes time. So, you know, it's, it's intentionality. It's saying, okay, okay. What am I, you know, what are my triggers? What are the things that I need right now? It's not being selfish. Okay. It's just kind of having an awareness of where you are. And if you know what you can bring to the table, then you can be a good friend. And then you actually can know what kind of friends that you do need in your life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So final question for that woman, that's a high achiever that has told herself, you know, I'm just too busy. I don't have time. And yet she's craving mm. you know she's craving that connection because she's lonely what would you tell her like where would she even start noel
1: i would say you're going to have to get a little moxie and you're going to have to pick a day i'm going to get really practical is that okay
0: yeah i i think practical it, steps are always okay. so helpful not... i love theory <laughs> combined with practicality
1: <laughs> okay this is going to be my practical tip If this woman was sitting across from me and saying, I would like to have real friendship in my life, I would say, I want you to pick a Friday once a month, and I want you to just invite women that you'd like to get to know over to your house or meet you at some great place and just start doing that every single month and just say, hey, the third Friday of the month, I'm going to be there. Let's hang out. I know that sounds so elementary, but that's where you begin. And the other thing I would say is if if you're being asked to, to do stuff, like if you're feeling lonely and you don't have any friends and someone says, would you like to go to this you know, PTA event with me? And even though you hate PTA events, go, because that could be a, the beginning of a friendship. You have to say yes to invitations, but you also cannot wait to be invited. You have to kind of make things happen. And I do. I tell people I coach in friendship, pick the first Friday of the month and host first Friday with friends and say, my home is open, I got the margaritas going, come by, drop by between seven and nine, and I will be here, and people will begin to count on you the first Friday of the month. You're gonna have deeper conversations the more you do it, and you're gonna make memories. That's, that. Would be, I mean, I know it sounds so practical, but that's really where you begin, is you just do something.
0: Well, I say it all the time, Noelle, that it's the simple things that actually hold the most power Mm. because the, the power lies in the simplicity. Yeah. As humans, I believe we tend to overcomplicate things because I think when we overcomplicate now, we don't know what action to take. So now Mm. we don't have to take risk and do anything. And we've protected ourselves once again. So now you've clearly laid out, okay, you text three to five women. Here's your plan. Somebody that you're just like, she seems cool. I don't know. I kind of want to get to know her. Whether it's a neighbor, a church member, a relative, a colleague, whatever. Somebody that you met that, I don't know, checks out in the grocery line. Just somebody that you think, you know what? I'd really like to get to know that person. They seem cool. We seem like we'd Something in common, we jam well together and put yourself out there and shoot the text or make the call or whatever. And what I want to encourage the listeners to really think about is if you're feeling lonely in this department and craving friendships, I promise you there's probably 3,500 other women (laughs) that are feeling the same way as you are. This is just what I know to be true. If you're experiencing something, other people are experiencing it as well. And those women that you do text and invite are going to be so thankful and appreciative for that invitation, even if they can't come the first time, but you're right. They're going to start to, um, depend on you because we kind of teach people what to expect and how to treat us. And so they're just going to know hey, the first Friday of every month, we gather at Noel's house and here's what we do. And here's what it looks like. And pretty soon your little group of two people maybe expanded to 20 people over yeah. a year or two. And pretty soon now you've got this whole new posse <laughs> that you're doing life with.
1: I mean, it works. I, I, that's all I can say is that I have tried this and it works. And it's just consistency is is the secret ingredient to friendship and making the space to spend time together face-to-face is so important. And I, like you said, you are not the only lonely woman out there. So if you invite some people, I guarantee you, they're going to show up. Maybe not all of them, but somebody is going to show up and it's going to change their life and yours. Yeah.
0: And you might not be able to get rid of them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. I've had that happen a couple of times where I'm like sitting on the couch at midnight and I'm like, all right, we're not opening any more bottles of Cabernet. I got to get up at 5am and exercise. We're done here.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love it.
0: Well, Noelle, this has been absolutely fantastic. Let's just recap those three mindsets that are ruining a friendship. And it's one, I'm too busy. Two, I am a burden or a bother three, I have to be everyone's best friend. So those are the kind of the three mindsets that get in our way that we can start to alleviate some of that story behind those three things. Is that correct? Yep. Awesome. Awesome. And then the three signs that are telling you it's time to let that friendship go. Number one, um, it's when they've been friends for a while. Was that correct? Yes. Okay. Number two,
1: I missed that. You, if you, so the first one is if, you, if, if the friendship is based on history, not because the friendship is helpful.
0: Okay. History not helpful. Got it. Number
1: two is if this person is in competition with you always and they're not really your companion. And number three, if you're always pleasing them because you're afraid they're going to punish you if you don't.
0: Okay. Awesome. So three signs that are telling you maybe it's time to let that friendship go. Yeah. Awesome. This has been absolutely fabulous. Thank you for coming and sharing your expertise. I, I mean, this is just there's a lot to think about here. And uh, you know, you you nailed so many good nuggets around connection and vulnerability. And it truly is, I think, a way to live a really rich, yeah. wealthy life. Wealth has nothing to do with money in my opinion. Um, it can, you know, it can, but the real wealth and richness comes from these beautiful conversations and connection around the table.
1: I agree. I Thanks agree. for
0: being here, Noelle.
1: Thank you for having me. I had so much fun. Well,
0: I don't know about you, but I learned a ton from Noelle and I'm sure that you did too. Wow. What an epic interview so as i mentioned in the beginning of the podcast if you know someone who just could use some encouragement and inspiration please don't hesitate to share this podcast out with friends colleagues family members whomever and if you're enjoying the show please on itunes give us a rating and review that's really how the pod gets seen and it helps other women to be able to lean in to their purpose and lean into their mission and their movement and live a life that lights their soul on fire. So I'm truly grateful for each and every one of you who tune in. Thank you, thank you for showing up. Thank you for your desire to wanting to learn and grow and thank you for your leadership. As I mentioned earlier, it's needed now more than ever. So thanks for tuning in today.